Holy Father in heaven, glory be unto your name for your goodness, love and mercy bestowed upon all of us. The purpose for which we live is to give glory to your name. Therefore we come to you that you may give us the grace, that you may strengthen us and help us to do just that. The entrance of your word giveth light and understanding to the simple. Lord, we want to go through your word. May it be light and understanding to us. Of my own, I have nothing to say to give light to anyone, but I depend on you and on your word. Therefore, I pray, put your words in my mouth, that the word spoken shall be indeed light to all who would listen, and that it may grant understanding to the simple, that we may grow into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Conflict and Courage, February 10. Keeping the Peace. Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Genesis chapter 13, verse 8 and 9. Abraham returned to Canaan very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Lot was still with him, and again they came to Bethel, and pitched their tents by the altar which they had before erected. They soon found that increased possessions brought increased trouble. In the midst of hardships and trials, they had dwelt together in harmony, but in their prosperity there was danger of strife between them. The pasturage was not sufficient for the flocks and herds of both. It was evident that they must separate. Abraham was Lot's senior in years and his superior in relation, in wealth and in position. Yet he was the first to propose plans for preserving peace. Although the whole land had been given him by God himself, he courteously waived his right. Here the noble, unselfish spirit of Abraham was displayed. How many, under similar circumstances, would at all hazards cling to their individual rights and preferences? How many households have thus been rent asunder? How many churches have been divided, making the course of truth a byword and a reproach among the wicked? Let there be no strife between me and thee, said Abraham, for we be brethren, not only by natural relationship, but as worshippers of the true God. The children of God the world over are one family, 
and the same spirit of love and conciliation should govern them. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, is the teaching of our Savior. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 The cultivation of a uniform courtesy, a willingness to do to others as we would wish them to do to us, would annihilate half the ills of life. The spirit of self-aggrandizement is the spirit of Satan, but the heart in which the love of Christ is cherished will possess that charity which seeketh not her own. Such will heed the divine injunction. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Keeping the Peace. And we are going to learn indeed how to be peacemakers, how to keep the peace. It does come at a cost. Our key text is Genesis 13 verse 8 and 9. And it tells us of what was the strife between Abraham and Lot. So here, as we go through the word of God, we are introduced to another character. And that character is Lot. The Bible in the book of Second Peter chapter 2, reading down from verse 8, 9, 10, describes Lot as a just, that is a righteous man. And the Bible talked about his soul being vexed because of the ungodly deeds that were done around him and he never participated in, this, in these ungodly acts. Lot was indeed a righteous man. Lot, the, the nephew of Abraham, was part of those who believed in the one true God and was seeking a better country than the one we have here on this earth. He trusted that where Abraham was going is the right direction. And Abraham, as we read earlier, took Lot with him when he separated from his family and his kindred and his country. Lot is a Hebrew. He is part of those who crossed the great river Euphrates and left the worship of idols to the worship of the one true God. Lot was just in every ramification like Abraham, believing in God, changed his practices and changed his life to drop the Babylonian lifestyle to the godly life. But Lot had one problem, which is what is revealed in what we are going to be looking at today keeping the peace. We are going to see the life of Lot and a problem he had which we should be warned, warned that we shouldn't also have that problem. Our key text Genesis 13 verse 8 and 9 exposes to us what this problem was. As we have seen, Abraham when he came to Canaan, because of the famine which was grievous there, he had to go to Egypt. Lot went with him and their servants, they all went to Egypt. And they came back, the Bible says, they came back rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. The Lord blessed them, the work of their hands and their labor, and they came back rich. They went there with nothing and came back with a lot. The Lord blessed the work of their hands and it was wonderful. 
But as we saw in our devotion, something really remarkable that we should take note of, which usually happens. It says that with increased wealth, hmm, something came with it. I'll read it exactly like it said it. Said it. Conflict and Courage, page 47, paragraph 2. It says they soon found that increased possessions brought increased trouble. In the midst of the hardships and trials, they had dwelt together in harmony. But in their prosperity, there was danger of strife between them. So it is that the servants of Lot and the servants of Abraham were having issues among themselves. And it looked like they couldn't dwell together alone, together anymore. Looking at Genesis chapter 13, I'll be reading from verse 7. I'll start from verse 5. It says, And Lot also which went with Abraham and had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. So it wasn't anybody's fault. They couldn't dwell together. They just had too much possessions. Verse 7 says, And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt in the land, dwelt then in the land. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Now, in this statement of Abraham is seen a spirit of love, a spirit of care, a spirit of selflessness as opposed to the spirit of selfishness. The first thing we see here is we need to be careful lest our prosperity separate us, lest our prosperity bring about disunity. Now, one thing we should also take note of is that Abraham and Lot's separation didn't need to be done in a way that would cause disunity. It was not. It was inevitable because their properties were much. But the issue here is the manner in which it was done and the character that this separation revealed. So let us look at this whole story and get the lessons from it. So how did Lot respond? Now, Abraham had told him, go to one side and I'll take the other. In other words, giving him the upper hand, choose wherever you want, I'll take whatever is left. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 13 verse 10, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Now, there are things that are evident in this story. First of all, as we read in Conflict and Courage, page 47, paragraph 2, it says, It was evident that they must separate. Abraham was Lord senior in years, and his superior in relation, in wealth and in position. Yet he was the first to propose plans for, pers- for preserving peace. Although the whole land had been given him by God himself, he courteously waived his right. The first lesson I see from here is we should respect age and respect position and respect uh, the, the, 
relations we have with people. What Abraham, Lot did not respect this. Abraham is older than him. And by virtue of that, he was supposed to allow Abraham to be the one that has the upper hand. It is not about who chooses first here. That's not the issue. Even though Abraham told him to choose first, what was Lot supposed to do? He could easily have said, no, you are my senior. And apart from that, you are in relation. You are my uncle. And apart from being my uncle, in position, spiritually, you are higher than me. Therefore, it is you who ought to choose. But even in saying that, that's just one way to go around it. There's still a better way. In being given the opportunity to choose, as he lifted up his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan, which was better, what should Lot have done? Lot should have said to Abraham, that place is better. Why don't you go there while I stay here? That would have been the best thing for him to have done in that, which is to give the better part to his uncle, to give the better part to the one who is superior, considering himself as being lower. But firstly, I would say age. The the reading tells us Abraham was Lord senior in years. He was to respect the age of his uh, brother, of his uncle Abraham. So that's one thing we need to learn from here. Let us learn to respect those who are older than us when we are making decisions, especially when it has to do with who gets the benefit, who gets the better part. It was Lot who was supposed to say, oh, since you but you are older than me. But then that's not all. It's not just about the age. Age is not the only thing to consider. If it was a case where maybe when it comes to superior position, for example, you look at people like David and Jonathan. Though Jonathan is older than David, yet because of the position that David holds in spiritual matters, the Lord had chosen him. Jonathan lowered himself and gave David the upper hand, even though Jonathan was older than David. So it's not really about age. There were the other things like the fact that Abraham was his superior. What does that mean? We are talking of three things here. Age, relation and superiority. Superiority in the sense of the spiritual journey they were on. He was the leader. Abraham was the leader. And that doesn't have to do with age. We should learn to respect those things. Respect the position. Because as we read here, it says Abraham was his superior in various ways relation, wealth, and position. These are things that Lord should have considered. But even more than that, there's something more important. A second lesson here. Now I'm reading from Patriarchs and Prophet, page 133, paragraph 1. Please, this is a very important lesson. Here it says, Although Lot owed his prosperity to his connection with Abraham, he manifested no gratitude to his benefactor. Do you have benefactors? Think about that. Courtesy would have dictated that he yield the choice to Abraham, but instead of this, he selfishly endeavored to grasp all its advantages. He lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. The most fertile region in all Palestine was the Jordan Valley reminding the beholders of the lost paradise that is Eden and equaling the beauty and productiveness of the Nile enriched plains they had so lately left that's in Egypt. There were cities also wealthy and beautiful inviting to profitable traffic in their crowded marts. Dazzled with visions of worldly gain, Lot overlooked the moral and spiritual evils that would have been encountered there. I'll stop there. 
So, the lesson for us here is about the benefactor. That's what I want to bring up. You see, Lot acted as if he doesn't know or he cannot remember that everything he had, he owed it to his connection. That's what we read. Do you hear of the word connection today? People talk about, ah, if you have connection, you get here. If you have connection, you get there. Yes, it's true. And even God is somebody that if you are connected to him, you go places. The issue of connection in our world, some people look at it as a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. If you are connected to the right people, then you get the right things too. Something you are looking for, you get some, I mean, good things. And it's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not everything that is about how intelligent you are. No, it's not everything about your intelligence. You know the right person, you go to the right place. And if you don't have that connection, you find out in life that you don't go places. Lot was where he was. The wealth he had, he owed it to his connection to Abraham. Without having that connection, Lot will not be where he was. But he acted as if he doesn't know that. He will make it look as if it was the labor of his hands that got him to where he was. Or his intelligence. Did he have intelligence? Perhaps, yes. Did he have? Uh, did he work hard? Yes, he did work hard. But the fact is that without his connection to Abraham, he will not be where he is or where he was. Some of us like, we behave like lots today. We act as if we don't know how we got to where we are. The, the word we read today says that he manifested no gratitude to his benefactor. Don't pretend like you don't know the person that helped you to get to where you are. Show gratitude to your benefactor, even if it means continually showing it till the person may even say, oh, it's enough, you're getting me embarrassed. Acknowledge the hands that fed you. Some people sanctimoniously want to use the word of God to excuse themselves from this responsibility. Some say they don't want to express gratitude in words or in kindness so that the person won't feel exalted and proud. So they themselves foster another evil in themselves. The evil of unappreciation, the evil of lack of courtesy in themselves. So you are cherishing an evil in yourself because you are trying to protect your brother from being exalted, from being proud. Therefore, you say, no, if I, if I tell him thank you, or if I show gratitude to him by giving him stuff, it look as if he's bribed, or it will look like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worshipping him. Therefore, I don't want to do it. And let me not show him any gratitude. Thank you is enough now. You know, thank you. You can go beyond that. And Lot uh, did not recognize that. And many of us, we act as if we don't know who helped us to get to where we are. And we use the Bible as our excuse for doing that. Oh, I don't want him to be proud. Oh, you want yourself to be ungrateful and unappreciative as oh, as concerning you. Who told you your brother will be proud? Who told you you will be self-exalted? It's left for him to choose to be self-exalted or be proud. But don't withhold your appreciation. Don't withhold your gratitude under the umbrella of protecting your brother from praise and protecting him from exaltation. Another reason people do it, there are still others who use God as their excuse. They will say, if it were not for God, I won't be where I am. It's not by power, it's not by might, but by the Spirit. Or they will even quote the passage of the Bible that says, you see, promotion does not come from the East or from the West, but promotion is from the Lord. And then they will make no mention and show no gratitude to the human vessel that God has chosen to be the instrument to bless them, whether it is in spiritual things or in material things. People bless us spiritually, they bless us materially, and it is our duty to understand that you need to develop the character of appreciation and gratitude to your benefactor. And this appreciation is shown not just in words alone, but in actions. 
this character that Lot displayed here is the disgusting practice of the Pharisees which Jesus called out when in Matthew 15 he said to them why do you reading from verse 3 why do you yourselves go against the word of God on account of the teaching which has been handed down to you for God said give honor to your father and mother and this father and mother here is not just referring to your blood father and mother it's also to your benefactors give honor to your father and mother and he who says evil of father or mother will be put to death but you say if a man says to his father or his mother that by which you might have had profit from me is given to God then there is no need for him to give honor to his father and you have made the word of God without effect because of your teaching. What you cannot do for man, my brother, you cannot do for God. Bible says in 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, reading from verse 20 and 21, If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he had seen, how can he love God whom he had not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Hmm. You see, but greed leads many to forget their benefactors as though they had no need to acknowledge them. The lesson for us here is really deep. We need to learn that it is not wrong to show gratitude in actions, in kindness, in material things, and choice, in the decisions we make to those whom we know very well, that without them, we will not be where we are. Without Abraham, Lot would not have been where he was. Therefore, gratitude to Abraham should have allowed Lot to say, Abraham, you gave me the choice. I could have said to you, no, you choose. But rather, I will choose. But the choice I will make is that you should go to the better place while I stay here because I won't be where I am without you. But even Christians themselves under the cloak of, I don't want to exalt or... Mm, after all, he did. He should be unselfish. He shouldn't help me because he wants me to help him. Leave him alone. It's him that will choose that for himself. It is you. It's us. It's a commandment. Do you? Do we understand that the fifth commandment says, "Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long." The depth of that commandment is not just referring to your blood parents. It is still this command that says that you should show honor and respect to those who have taken care of you, your guardians, and those by whom you are where you are today. Especially, I would say, not just in material things, but in spiritual things. Those brothers, those sisters, who without them, you wouldn't have come out of your sins. Those brothers and sisters who have taken their time to help you, to to bless you, and to encourage you and enrich you because the best enrichment you can get from anyone is the spiritual one but then that doesn't negate the fact that even in material things and the temporal things of this world we should be ready to learn this lesson show gratitude not just by saying thank you but in actions to your benefactors i remember two stories i want to tell that will contrast these things one story a friend told me that father had a business and then he saw his brother, a relative who had nothing and was really suffering and then chose to help him out and then set him up in the same business which he was the sole provider for a particular region of a particular product. So he was the one giving the product to this particular region so he was really rich and supplying his products. He was the sole sponsor, um, provider of that particular product. But he involved this his brother 
and it reduced his own money. So now he and his brother are the ones supplying. The things he was supposed to supply, his brother will supply. So it, of course, it cut short his own money. That is selflessness. But guess what? Later on, the man spent a lot of money in doing something and his business crumbled. And this, his friend double-crossed him to go and be the only sole provider of that particular product to the region and did not even think of his benefactor to lift him up now that he was down. But his benefactor lifted him up when he was down. We need to learn the lesson of selflessness, not selfishness. And the second story I would tell is someone I also know who helped someone, helped another person to get a job just out of his own kindness. No strings attached, which is the next lesson we are going into when you're helping people make sure that there's no strings attached. So this man helped this young lady get a job and went about his business. But guess what? It has been many years now, almost maybe at least 10 years, I would say, and more than that. What does this lady do? Every year, she will come and meet the man and buy clothes and many other things and give to him and say to him, without you, I will not be where I am today. For those who are a bit sanctimonious or I would say misunderstanding the word of God, not sanctimonious now, or proud, because this pride is hidden. Pride is hidden under sanctimonious garbs because you don't want to say thank you to someone and you don't want to make the person feel like i am under you or like i am not i will not be where i am without you then you say oh it's god that brought me to where i am i don't want to tell him that kind of statement ah without you it's not without god without god i won't be where i am today my brothers and sisters the bible says to you if you cannot show gratitude to men who you who are around you you cannot show it to god there's nothing wrong in showing gratitude to your fellow man and telling him truly it is you who helped me to be where i am today lot like we read in Patriarchs and prophet 133 paragraph 1 lot owed his prosperity he doesn't say to god he says to his connection with abraham yes we know that god is involved but the fact is he does, god himself does not remove the works that man has done to bless his fellow man the bible says that blessed is he who helps the poor because he's helping the lord and god says he will repay if god is the one who is doing everything why is he repaying man for helping the poor i mean if it was oh god is the one like people say oh it's god without god i won't be where i am yeah but then why is god saying that anybody who helps the poor he will repay the person it's not because he recognizes the fact that a man made a choice of his own to be a blessing to another person this lesson is a very important one for me because I look back at my life and I ask, have I been grateful to my benefactors, to those who have blessed me spiritually? Have I been grateful? Have I blessed them? Have I spoken ill of them or have I spoken well of them? What about those who have helped me in the temporal things of this life, financially, materially, and in other ways helping me to grow mentally? Have I been blessing them? We need to think about that so that we won't be like Lot. And be grateful. Say it with your words. Do it with your actions. The other lesson, like I've been saying, don't be selfish. We shouldn't be selfish. It leads us to do these evil acts of neglecting our benefactors. Be careful to always have a humble opinion of yourself so that increased possession will not increase the trouble. This increased possession shouldn't have increased the trouble if not that Lot forgot that this man abraham without him i won't be where i am so even though our possessions have increased there's no need for us to fight let him have the upper hand 
I won't be where I am without him. He can have the upper hand. No need for greed. If Lot had only remembered that Abraham was his superior in relation, age, and position, there won't be problem. Like we read in devotion, that half of the ills of our world will go away if there is no self-aggrandizement, selfishness that leads one to always look for an advantage, to take the advantage for himself. Conflict and Courage, page 47, paragraph 3. The cultivation of a uniform courtesy, a willingness to do to others as we would wish them to do to us, would annihilate half the ills of life. On the other hand, the spirit of self-aggrandizement is the spirit of Satan. But the heart in which the love of Christ is cherished will possess that charity which seeketh not her own. Lot was seeking his own, and that is what self-aggrandizement is, making choices to look for how it benefits you. He didn't think of how it would benefit Abraham. He was happy to leave Abraham in the land that was not much as prosperous. He was happy to leave Abraham in the land that was not as good as Jordan. Think about that. He was not even reasoning, thinking about how Abraham was going to fare. And he went and chose the land of Jordan. Let's not be selfish. Let's not be selfish. Let us look at other things. Don't help people selfishly also. Abraham did not help Lot selfishly. He did not in his own think, Oh, I'm going to help Lot so that when he makes money, he will also give to me. I'm, and I'll make a contract with him so that in his mind, he'll be waiting. Uh, but Lot, when, when you are ready, when you started prospering, remember me. That was not what Lot Abraham did. He helped him with no strings attached. It was not out of any selfishness. So on the other hand, while you, who we who are being helped, remember those who help you. And when you are helping people, the Bible says, let love be without dissimulation. Don't help people in the secrecy of your heart, hoping that they will give back to you. Jesus taught this in the book of Matthew 5, Luke 6. He says, give to others, hoping for nothing in return. That is, do good without any strings attached. That is another lesson. Do good without strings attached. Another lesson we get from here is that when we have done good with no strings attached, don't feel disappointed. Because if there was no strings attached, you won't feel disappointed really. Don't feel disappointed when those who you have helped don't recognize your contribution to their lives. Abraham did not feel disappointed. He even came to Lot's help when Lot got captured in a battle this is true godliness when lot went close to sodom a time came when there was a war the man called chedolorema who was a king that was ruling over sodom had a fight with the kings of sodom because the kings of sodom and the other countries about refused to give him the homage that he felt he deserved and when the king had defeated the people of sodom lot was captured and taken with him the Bible says in Genesis 14 verse 13 downward, And there came one that had ex- escaped and told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwells in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and brother of Anah. And these were confederate with Abraham. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them and his servants by night, and smote them, and pursued them in unto Hobah, which is on the land left hand of Damascus, 
and he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. Amen. Here is Lot being saved by his brother Abraham. If Abraham had been cherishing bitterness against Lot in his mind, feeling like, hmm, can you see Lot chose the better part? He and feel disappointed and heartbroken that Lot left him in the plains of Mamre and went to the better land. He wouldn't have gone to save Lot. He would have said, oh, serves him right. So he, he thought he would choose the better land for himself. Now look at what has happened to him. It's good for him. Abraham didn't have that mindset. Why? Because from the onset, he was helping Lot unselfishly. See, if you are selfish in helping people, when you don't get what you were hoping for, when evil things happen to them, you will say, oh, serves them right. Abraham didn't do that. And we should learn the lesson to help people unselfishly. And even when people have shown selfishness towards us, love them still. Don't be disappointed. That's a very important lesson. Abraham was ready to lose his rights. So we also should be ready to lose our rights when push comes to shove. Both for our own good and for the good of others. So how do we deal with strife, brother against brother? There was a man who had this situation with his brother and he came to meet Jesus concerning that situation. Let's see how Jesus responded to it. Today we have many of this kind of situation around us. People are fighting for land and fighting for properties. When there is a fight between brother and brother for properties and you are going on your knees to pray to Jesus and say, Lord, my brother wants to take the better of the land. He doesn't want to give me my right, my rightful property. What do you think Jesus' response will be? I'll show you from the word of God what his response will be. It's not going to be any different from what we have here in Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And uh, down to verse 15, it says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed. And beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Hmm. How many of us today are like this man, praying on our knees, Lord, my brother wants to take the land from him, Lord, the possession, they want to take it from me. Jesus' response is still the same to you, who made me a divider over you. Take heed, beware of covetousness and greed and selfishness, don't you know? that your life is not about that land that you are fighting over? Can't you let go of your rights? Nobody saying you don't deserve it. You deserve it, yes. But when push has come to shove, when you've seen that one other person is being greedy, selfish, and the matter is going to make you lose your godliness, let go. That was the teaching of Jesus. If you are compelled to go one mile, go two. If you are smitten on the cheek, turn the other. Let go. He said, Jesus himself said, resist not evil if these things happen don't get into a fight abraham let go of his right he is the one that had those blessings but he gave it over to lot so that it won't cause any problem this is how to be a peacemaker and as we are reading this devotion that is titled keeping the peace this is what we learn on how to keep the peace the whole mindset of abraham you can't keep the peace if you are helping people selfishly you can't keep the peace if you are always fighting for what rightly belongs to you you need to learn for the sake of the love of your brethren so that they will not there won't be any bad or bad blood between the two of you let go so that there will be no bad blood take the lesser part 
let him have the greater part and that's what the bible teaches romans 12 verse 10 be kindly affectioned one to another in brotherly love in honor preferring one another the new english translation puts it this way it says showing eagerness in honoring one another bible in basic english will say putting others before yourselves in honor reminds me of the book of philippians 2 reading from verse 1 to verse 5 that says if there be any consolation in christ if any comfort of love if any fellowship of the spirit if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded having the same love being of one accord of one mind now listen let nothing be done through strife or vain glory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves wow look not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus and this was the mind in abraham he considered lot as better than himself therefore he gave lot the opportunity to choose now what if you are put in that situation you've been given the opportunity to choose but you are also supposed to conclude that oh i'll make my brother better than myself oh i have the opportunity to choose no problem i will choose the better part for you and take the lesser part that is what Lot should have done. He also had the opportunity to practice putting Abraham better than himself. Even though Abraham gave him the upper hand, he was now to give Abraham the upper hand by either saying, no, you choose, or saying, I have chosen, but I have chosen the part that is less prosperous. Go to the one that is better. These are important lessons for us. And then another lesson is that we shouldn't be attached to anything so that we are we can easily let go but we'll talk about that in subsequent devotions i pray that as we go through all of this i know that there are some people maybe listening now and you have problems with your brother or your sister or your relative or a friend or a colleague and the person is trying to have the upper hand over you be a peacemaker let it go let it go let there be no strife between you and your colleague between you and your relative let there be no strife are you going to take the lesser part of the bargain let it be the lord will bless you now how do i know that the lord will bless you when you let go of your rights and allow yourself to be like in the case of abraham and lot to have the lesser part and give the better part to your brother in the book of genesis 13 after lot had lifted up his eyes and taken the better part and abraham was content to take the one that was not as uh, fruitful the land that was not as fruitful guess what happened the Lord came because the Lord watched everything. He saw what happened. And here what the Lord came to say to Abraham. Genesis 13, reading from verse 14 to 17. God said unto Abraham, After that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Amen. Now, I don't want you to be motivated by the selfishness of thinking, oh, if I allow my brother to have the better of me, then the Lord will bless me. Not just that, but just do it even for the purpose of peace, just to maintain peace. But know this, the Lord is seeing it 
and he will bless you because he's developing a character in you a character of selflessness and you will be a better person when you do that you have gotten that character of selflessness priceless character as opposed to the character of covetousness so the lord will bless you as you let go it's not about those possessions don't worry look at lot he chose the better part but at the end of the day what happened there was war he was captured if not that abraham came to save him he was going to be taken as a captive for maybe forever till he died so don't look at those things allow it happen leave it even if it's your right allow it the lord will bless you the lord will bless you for being a peacemaker let go just leave it and the lord will bless you and remember remember to help those to remember to be grateful to those who have been your benefactors your parents your guardians and those by whom you have received blessings in temporal and spiritual things and i say especially spiritual because for me i value my spiritual life above the temporal things they are they are both important i would say equally important but to bring me out of my sins is what jesus did for me i value he who brought me out of my sins more than he who perhaps give me a job and i will show my gratitude to jesus i will still show my gratitude to the men who have helped me on this world perhaps the people that have helped you are not people that you can even do anything for but that's the same thing with god god has everything he doesn't need your help he doesn't need you to do anything good for him but yet we still do things he still calls us to to assist him is not so so also with men perhaps one very rich fellow helped you and there's nothing you can do to add any value to his life do it nonetheless you can give them anything gifts when time comes try and assist in whatever thing they need help for it is just a blessing of showing how grateful you are and another thing to do is you who have been helped also be ready to help others to be benefactors to others i pray that these lessons shall sink into our blood into our minds into our brains i pray that these lessons shall be imbibed in us that we may put it into practice and become more like our savior let us pray loving father in heaven please forgive us for the times when we have under a religious garb been ungrateful and unappreciative to our benefactors whether they are men or even to you forgive us for these things and help us lord to begin to be appreciative to people and to also give honor to whom honor is due forgive us for selfishness help us lord to become more selfless to be ready to take the uh, lower part and give others the better part to consider others better than ourselves help us lord to have a low and humble opinion of ourselves oh lord thank you lord for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering in jesus name i've prayed amen Thank you.